All right, so let's get down to business. I don't know what that is, but we can get down to it now. They've been in business for seven years, and they still don't know what they're doing. I guess the podcast seemed natural. Here's Founder Quest. Today is April 2nd as we record this, and I'm so excited because I survived April Fool's Day without falling for anything online, like all the dumb so, stuff that happens on April Fool's Day. I'm a little worried because I didn't notice any <laughs> any April Fool's lies. Now, granted, like I kind of checked out yesterday and I went for like a super long walk in Portland just because it was sunny and I wanted to get outside. So really nice. it was really, it was, it was awesome. So I'm hoping that that's just, that that's the reason I don't, because otherwise I'm just, I've been duped left and right. And like my whole world is false at this point. <laughs> I mean, last year there was, there was that whole thing where people were just like, April Fool's is canceled. <laughs> no April Fool's. And we so skipped, maybe that just kind of skipped a year. Out, like maybe that, I, I don't know, maybe people are still sort of hesitant. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Ben avoided falling for some. So did you, did you see any good ones, Ben? No, I never see any good ones because there are never any good ones. <laughs> I, I, I dislike the whole notion of, of April Fool's Day. So yeah. I only saw three or four and they were all pretty obvious. Like I started reading, a, you know, a press release or something. I'm like, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. It's April Fool's Day moving on, you know? So yeah, yeah nothing particularly clever or great. So I kind of like the obvious ones. I feel like, you know, it's like they're not actually trying to trick anybody. They're just being silly. Mm -hmm. You know, I really like it when when companies do April Fool's like product announcements where it's like they're announcing something that would be like amazing, but also it's obviously impossible because it's just too amazing to exist in the world. Well, not quite April Fool's, but Duke Cannon is a is a company that sells soaps and, and things like that, personal care items. And they typically do f funny kinds of fake things. Like they have these, um, this body wash that's really thick. The consistency is very thick because they think like runny body washes are for wimps. And they're all about manly stuff, right? You know, the, oh, I, the yeah. lumberjack in the woods with his soap, you know. And that's so real healthy. Uh, <laughs> so they, they put out this set of posters, these fake posters of like thick and, and a video, actually, I should link to the show notes for thick beer. And it's like this, you know, <laughs> these old school seventies beer commercials. And these guys are drinking these beers that are like just super, super thick. And it's oh, just ridiculous. That sounds terrible. It's like oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you could, you can go to Duquesne like all year long to get that kind of funny stuff. But <laughs> this year they actually did one of those joke things, but then they actually did it. And it was, um, some sort of Irish, I think it was Irish body wash. Anyway, it was very green and minty and they did it for St. Patrick's Day, but it was an actual mm. real product. And so they're like, oh, we really did it this time. And we bought some because, hey, we thought, check that out. And it's great. So nice. you can't get it yeah. now because it was just a one-time kind of thing. But, um, you know, keep an eye on Duke Cannon throughout the year for fun, crazy stuff like that. And I like that it pokes fun at itself, at least, because like, let's be honest, like, like, I don't think the effectiveness of soap has anything to do with, like, it's, it's like, thickness. Right. And also, like, I mean, I mean, I've had, like, thick shampoo and stuff. And honestly, like, it, you put it in your hand and then it gets hit by a little water and it just slides right off of your hand, just like a solid object and down the drain. So it's like, I mean, is that, is that really better? 
is that <laughs> is that really uh, i i don't know i'm not the target but have that. you had thick beer <laughs> um no no but i really i always wanted to try pulque which is a um, traditional mexican beverage that uh it, it sounds it's not i mean it's not it's made out of corn but sounds like it's kind of in the spirit of thick beer well if, if you want my my personal recommendation for a duke cannon product to try try the uh smells like productivity soup it is, okay it is <laughs> It is awesome. That's exactly the soap I would imagine you would have. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, like, it's marketed. Secret. It's mar Ben is their audience. <laughs> oh my God. He okay. wakes up. Ben you wakes up every morning. Awesome he wakes up every morning at 3.30, <laughs> jumps in the shower with his smells like productivity. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, I, mis I made a mistake. I said polka is made out of corn. It's not. I was thinking of a different thing. Um, polka is made out of the fermented sap of the maguey plant. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, it's made out of the, the same stuff they make like tequila out of maybe. Anyway, I was totally going to call you on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, somebody knows that in our audience, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I did want to mention, uh, just in case you probably are here, have been hearing it. If you hear like, like pounding on walls in the background of this podcast, it's because I have people working on my house, like directly behind my office and there's no way around it. So rather than cancel the podcast, I figured we'd just deal with it. That makes a lot of sense. So this week is, it's kind of exciting. I'm after the podcast, I'm going to go and get the final kind of instructions to the first of our authors to be doing our new sort of experimental honey badger intelligence reports. Nice. Nibbent. Hibbent. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I, I really love, I really love the branding we've come up for this just like internally. It's fun. So yeah, if you miss our, our last uh, mention of that, basically we have a hard time keeping up with all the different platforms that we support, you know, I mean, not actually supporting them, but like keeping up with the news and events and like, what's the cultural zeitgeist of, you know, Python land right now. That stuff changes enough for like when, when you only do one language, right? So imagine having to to keep up with like i don't know like how many libraries do you have like eight or ten or six i don't know yeah something. a lot yeah a something lot like it yeah there it's more than i have fingers on one hand and so we're yeah so we're um actually going to be hiring authors who are sort of experts in those fields to make us little quarterly reports about what's going on and you know we might we might share them with the public depending on how it goes but yeah I'm excited. And it, it also just kind of, it makes me realize that with any new sort of endeavor like this, when you're, especially when you're trying to get other people to do stuff for you, like working with other people, there's just, I don't know. It's just like, it always takes more time than you think. Right. Cause I, last week I was just like, okay, I'm just going to reach out to these people. And then I got a good number of replies. So I was like, I'll figure out what to do with them next week. So I just like, <laughs> I replied to everybody being like, oh, I'll get back to you next week with details, you know, thinking I get back to him like on Monday and then Monday comes around. I've got all these meetings and so I didn't get to it. And I'm realizing slowly it's like, I've got to figure out what to do with these people, like what to tell them. So I was going to do it yesterday, too. But then I started on it yesterday and I ended up actually writing stuff out. It's like, OK, I've got to like make changes to all these people's repositories because I'm going to do this as like issues on their, you know, I, I got to like make sure that it has the right file structure. And so just like building these systems for people to work inside always, it always takes more work than I expect it to. 
I'm sure this, this research engine that you're building will be very useful to us though. Oh yeah. I think like, yeah, it's going to be, I, I can see it being handy for uh, like, I guess the number of language, languages we support are as many as we can handle kind of. And right now we can, we're reaching the point where we're like, it's hard to juggle them and keep them all like high quality. And so, you know, I, I could see this like going into new markets or finding new, like if there's, you know, some, something new we want to do, I could see like pointing your, uh, your researchers at it and tell us to come back with a bunch of Intel about like how to design it. What, what are best practices? Where do they hang out? What are their conferences? What are their meetups? That sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That seems pretty reasonable. And I'm also starting to realize that this would be really useful for um, our own blog because like if there's some, I don't know if there's some topic blowing up on in Laravel land, like I'm not going to know about it really, but you know, if we, get it mentioned in these reports, then maybe we can publish some content on it ourselves and just, yeah, follow those trends. Yeah. We'll always just be like one quarter late. <laughs> I mean, we are named after a dead meme, so <laughs> it's, it's our style. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's right. Like, so there's always the first wave, right? There's a wave that crests, like everybody's talking about how like microservices are great and um, all that. And then that wave crests, and then, you know, you have a little trough, a little time, and then we'll be set to ride that second wave up where it's like, are microservices great? And then, you know, so we'll just be... Um, where are we with microservices now? Because like, that's, you saying that just strikes me about like how long ago that was that like microservices were great. It's like time, time really flies. Because now I'm like thinking about like the whole, like, what was the, the monolith? What was the thing that DHH? The Majestic Monolith. The Majestic Monolith, yeah. And even that feels like it was forever ago. Yeah, I think we've probably got to the point with the, the microservices one where, you know, we, the pendulum swung one way, then the pendulum swung back the other way, and everyone's like, no, microservices, they all suck. And now we're back at the point where it's like, well, it might work for you in this situation. We're back to, back, back to, to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pen, it's funny. It's like, despite all the, like all the, the vitriol spilled and everything, it always ends up just being like, ah, just see what works for you. It's yeah. Cool. TDD is dead. No, TDD yeah. is the best thing in the world. <laughs> 10 <Yeah>. years later. <laughs> Do it if you like it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's okay to write tests after you write the code or before, you know, whatever you want to do. The tests are still there at the end of the week. It doesn't matter. But it's nice to have this pattern that we can at least count on in the tech industry where things come into fashion, things go out of fashion, and then things come back to a point of, you know, stabilization where it's like, yeah, just do what works for your team. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. We, I feel like we got to like start some of these though, mm. you know, if we're, if we're always just responding, we're never going to get that first mover advantage. So we got to start some religious wars, I think. That's a good idea. Around what could we start a religious war? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't really matter. It does. Yeah, it doesn't really yeah. matter. I mean, people do that over fonts, like programming fonts, like. I mean, there's them versus Emacs. Yeah, like, there's editors. editors there's there's fonts, text editors. People. There's. Uh, I mean, you can even argue about like which terminal program is best on the Mac to use. You know. Yeah. yeah. There's. You know. Yeah. Do you want like type safety or not. I mean. If you really want to like go all in we could we could like we could go we could go all in on a on a text editor that is not vs code or vim like we could say both of those suck and, oh, uh, and Emacs? you know 
Well, Emacs are like, yeah, what? It doesn't you like. Could, you could say like TextMate is the one true editor, right? And yeah, then. Yeah. There you go. There's like no. There are uh, still, still TextMate text people out there, I think. I saw a funny tweet the other day, speaking of editors, that was someone talking about the editors they've used over the years and they had like this timeline. And so it was like, you know, 1995 VI and then whatever. And they switched to TextMate and then they switched to Sublime and then they switched to Atom and then they switched to the current one was VS Code. There's like, you know, like every two or three years or whatever, there was a different editor. And then someone replied to that tweet and it was like, BB edit. Hmm. The one line, like use it for the past 25 years. I'm like that props to that dude. They're probably really like productive with it. Like if, uh, all that editor switching, like really, yeah, I don't think it's like the greatest idea. I think people yeah. get restless, right? And mm -hmm. so you like always yeah. sort of like searching for something that'll, I don't know, make a difference somewhere. But really, it's just like you don't really maybe care about the difference. You don't really care about being more efficient. But it's like the process of like learning about it makes you feel more efficient. You know, especially maybe if like the work you're doing isn't that much fun. <laughs> oh, man, I feel like I've just I've lost the last 10 yeah. years. Like, I mean, not that I would ever do this, but like if you're installing a new text editor, like you can do that at work. And so that's like a little bit of like a little it's like, like working on your self, car. It's a, it's a little self-care time, you know, at work. Yeah, you get to do that's I think if you want the full experience, though, you have to compile your own text editor. I mean, that's yeah. that's where really where the craft is. I mean, oh, I did that when I switched I think to I've, Neovim. Yeah, I think like I've that, done that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're you preaching to the choir here, Ben. You, you compiled your own text editor. <laughs> I don't recommend it. But you no. haven't. I don't recommend it. That's why I use VS Code now. I don't really do a lot of heavy programming, but like, the thing is, it's like. Vim, I am much more efficient at text editing with, but then like once a quarter, I have to spend like five hours just troubleshooting some random bullshit about it. Or if I want to like have it do some small new thing, I've got to like, I, it's just like such a research project to like dive into and get it configured. And then, you know, it's always changing out from underneath you and VS Code just kind of like works. I don't really know how it does it. It's running node crap in the background. It's running different languages. I don't know how it does it, but it just I'm works. I'm pretty sure it yeah. runs on money. <laughs> it runs on money. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's pretty impressive, I have to say. But I don't know. I still, I haven't, like, yeah, I've still struggled to go all in on, I like switched to VS Code. I still find myself in Vim a lot just because it's, I am like, it's so uh, ingrained. Yeah, these days I'm mostly in VS Code for code writing purposes, but I have a Vim extension in VS Code. So I still use all the Vim key bindings as I'm editing. So I still have that command mode stuff. But I spend a lot of my time editing in Vim that's not code because I'm hopping on servers or you know doing random little scripts mm, here and there. Yeah. And so, yeah, Writing never. That, uh, YAML. Yeah, yeah. So even though I've done the TextMate thing and I've done, you know, others, BB I guess. Edit. I, I, you know, I dabbled BB Edit and it never really like stuck in my brain. So I didn't really go with that. But I've always, always used Vim. Always loved Vim since I first started hopping onto, you know, Unix computers back in the day. Like Vim is always there or VI is always there. And so like, once you know that, you, you're always got an editor handy. Yeah, unless you like have your own like super tweaked out config file, at which point like none of you you get used to none of the like defaults. Yeah, yeah, I've I've managed to avoid that that little trap. 
So I've got a question. This is off topic. We have a topic. This is all off topic. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. Actually, this is a little bit more on topic for the overall (laughs) podcast. It's just not about editors. So you guys did the the sort of virtual microconf thing last week. And sort of after that, I noticed that we're sort of moving towards, I think, getting listed on AppSumo. Is that right? I was just curious, like, what what happened at microconf that prompted that interest? Well, it actually first came up before microconf when Ben Finley did some research into the AppSumo marketplace. So this was back a month ago or so. And uh, so he suggested that we do it. And it seemed like a reasonable idea at the time, but I didn't really move on it until I saw that presentation from Ruben Gomez at MicroConf, where he talked about his AppSumo experience with DocuSketch. So when he did that, I was like, I went back to look at Ben's post on Basecamp about AppSumo. I'm like, yeah. And now that I'm more focused on the growth side of the business, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that would, could be a good opportunity for us to grab some customers. So that's, that, that was the, the, uh, Impetus. Okay, awesome. And that would mean we'd be like included in like a bundle of discounted things that people get, or is it like we do our own promo or? No. So, you know, it used to be that AppSumo just had like this daily deal. That's, That's not the AppSumo that I know. Yeah. And I know they've changed a lot since then, but I've never really mm-hmm. quite grocked like yeah, me too. what they so do I'm, now. I, I'm not quite sure how they do it now. Yeah. So they still have that. And uh, you can still be on their daily deal thing. And they still. I think as far as, as far as I know, they still have the same process they've always had of, they, they reach out to people that they think would be good, you know, good placements on their site and they work with you with, you know, copy editing and blah, 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 blah. But the newer thing that they have that, that goes along with that is what they call their marketplace. And so you can list your product on their marketplace and, and still there's a deal like feeling to it. They still want you to have like a, a big discount or something to make it, you know, interesting to the kinds of people who are already part of the AppSumo universe. But this is an ongoing thing. It's not like a, you know, one-time deal. It's not a bundle deal. It's not a time-limited deal. It's it's like an ongoing, you know, a, a promotion for AppSumo customers, basically, mm. is what it is. Oh, interesting. Okay. So they can... So the, the plan, if you sign up through AppSignal for HoneyBadger, you get the AppSumo deal plan for as long as you're a customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So... As far as I understand it, the way it works for SaaS is they, an AppSumo customer will buy the deal at the AppSumo site and you provide AppSumo a promotion code that that customer can then come to your site and sign up using your signup flow, but entering that promotion code so that they get a free or discounted period of service as a result of using that code, right? So they, they buy it at AppSumo. They don't buy at your site initially, but if mm. they, let's say, let's say you give away, I don't know, a 30% off for a year. So they would buy the discounted thing that year's worth minus 30% at AppSumo, get a promotion code, come to your site, into the promotion code and get that year's worth of service for no charge. And then at the end of that year, should they decide to continue being a customer, then you would, you know, take their payment information oh, okay. blah, 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 like, like normal. Yeah. So okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not, that sounds like it kind of works. Like I think that's how they do like the the daily other services do that. Like basically, like when you sign up, you get a um, they just give you a hand you a promo code that you use at whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I assume that like we're getting a split from the the money that AppSumo collects, or is it just yes? Or the okay, that's good. Yes. That seems a little bit more promising than <laughs> yeah. So. 
So AppSumo has a, a payment term of net 60 because they allow for their customers to claim a refund up to 60 days after the purchase. So customer shows up at AppSumo, buys a thing for a honey badger, and then uses the could use that promotion code immediately, could maybe not use the promotion code right away. It doesn't, they don't necessarily have to sign up right away. And then 60 days later, AppSumo would then cut a check to Honey Badger for whatever that purchase price was minus the percentage that AppSumo keeps. Okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. That makes me wonder, like, like this 60-day refund thing is like, it's, in my mind, it's conceptually similar to like a, a free trial, right? And so I was, I was just wondering, like, what if we, like, we've had like a two-week trial for the longest time, but what if we had like a 30-day trial or something longer? Because that, that might appeal to people. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you a little secret. While we, oh, what's the secret? While we advertise a two-week trial, we actually have kind of a four-week trial. Oh, because of all the collection, like all yeah. the like, yeah, because of the delays, and we we retry the billing so many times. So the you know the the actual invoice comes due, the first invoice comes due two weeks after they sign up. That's the technical end of the trial, but we continue to retry that that invoice, you know, for however many days. And that gives them effectively, by the time, and then we give them some grace period, even after the billing fails, we still give a grace period of a few days. Yeah. So basically it works out to, you can get about four weeks worth of free service if you really want to. But still like the, you know, the, like if they do sign up, it's all going to be backdated so that they're, um, true. They only got two weeks free. Right. So we can't really advertise like a four week trial because, you know, right. We wouldn't be giving that to people. <laughs> and we still have people taking us up on our shirt offer where if they enter their payment information before the trial ends and they get a, an awesome t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So I've been meaning to talk about this. I, have, I started using an app. So I've been, I've been trying to sort of learn about the stock market and everything and I'm not really throwing gobs of money into it in any sort of way, but um, I've been trying to learn. And so I signed up for a, a subscription for this app called Trading View, which is like, it's a stock charts app, right? And it's very advanced and stuff. Anyway, so like, I'm a huge fan of this app. Like having built apps, like I know what a very good app looks like, um, a web app. And this is a extremely good web app. Like it takes so much it takes so much. Like I had a dream the other night where I met the CEO of TradingView and I cornered him and I was like, you need to pay your developers more because <laughs> you have no idea how good of a job they're doing for you. Uh, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's like occasionally you see a piece of work that is like very, very good. And, you know, so the reason I mentioned that is that I did sign up for a paid plan. And during the free trial, though, they have like up at the very top of the screen and it's very like very well designed, but also very obvious like spot. It's like you have so many days left of your free trial. If you upgrade before your trial ends, you can get up to 60% off. And I've heard from some people like this didn't happen to me, but I've heard from some people like that number would increase as your trial went along Mm. and so i thought that like i don't know i don't know if the exact thing makes sense for us i think that we could definitely like call out 
upgrade options and benefits upgrading and stuff like that for trial users yeah. in a more obvious way. Do it a little more or even more frequently. Like, yeah, they get the first right. shirt offer. And if it doesn't work, we could just offer them two shirts, then three shirts just, and then yeah. a whole wardrobe. It'll go like, up exponentially. If you, yeah. if you weigh out your whole trial, you'll get like um, a kilobyte of shirts. <laughs> Do you remember back in the shareware days when you would try out, they had this one kind of shareware where it would, where it would, it would, it would delay in the application before you have to do the thing. Like uh, if it was a file directory listing thing, like you would open up the, you would run the executable and then there would be this modal. It would be like uh, five seconds until you can actually use the thing. Oh, five, yeah, yeah, four, yeah. Three, you know, but if you purchased, obviously that, that delay would go away. So we should totally do that. Like uh, on the free trial, like the longer you get into your trial, when you go to view an error, we show like a, a full page modal, like, oh, we'll let you see your error in three seconds and then countdown, right? And then as you get yeah. closer to the end of the trial, like the, the timer goes up and up. It's like, oh, you know, after tomorrow, you're not going to be able to see this at all, you know, but now you have to wait for 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Or if you really want to be evil, just put a spinner on the on it and don't tell them how long it is, but make it a randomly Ooh. determined. Ooh, <laughs> That's evil. Yeah. Just that say, you have to wait. <laughs> And then next level, you take it to make it a progress bar that actually goes the oh. wrong way sometimes, actually goes back. Right? <laughs> this is amazing. This, this is, is sounding like like Undertale, this game that this I love. Kind of like um, ideas like this remind me of, like of the other day when I was uh, like I, my idea for like our free plan was like because we, we were talking about like limits for free users, you know, that we could if we're going to change it up to encourage more people to upgrade or whatever. And like, you always see things like, like features, but I was like, what if the free, if you're on the free plan, you just get like a grayscale version of honey badger. Like, and it's just, it's just not, it's not a, you know, it's just kind of bland. And then all of the call to action, you know, all of the upgrade messages, of course, would really pop like the big full color, like <laughs> that have like oh, honey yeah. badgers on them. <laughs> Like in full I might color. Actually, I might actually prefer grayscale. So you might need to make it kind of like a, a, a beige, kind of like a yeah. like pants were in the 90s. You know, just, just like, like or yeah. Like, uh, yeah. what's that like 70s green that uh, all oh, the like refrigerators go. were? There you go. Yeah. I don't know. You never know like what's, what's going to work. So, yeah. So I had, um, I had the funniest realization yesterday, which was, you know how, you know, a long time ago, like all the open source people and all the, I, I don't know, like all the small software people, like Bill Gates was like the enemy. They had like Bill Gates, you know, Photoshop is like the Borg and Microsoft was like the devil and, and everything. And so like just for fun the other day, because I don't know, I just, I just got it into my head. I was like, you know, I've got this old, this old laptop, maybe I'll install Windows on it this old MacBook. And so I went to do that. And so now they've let you download. You can just go to Microsoft and get an ISO of Windows and you can just install it on the thing. And it'll just like pop up a message. And I was just like, holy shit, like Windows is shareware now. That's so wild. <laughs> I mean, did you, <laughs> you didn't get it through two cows? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I got it straight from their site. But maybe, maybe I guess you're not supposed to share it. So. It really felt like shareware. It's like, I'm just going to install this. I'm going to see if I like it for a while. Maybe if I actually use it, I'll pay for it eventually if I feel like it. But yeah, I, I thought that was funny. Got to say, speaking of, speaking of Windows, that's definitely one of the perks of living near Microsoft 
is I have all these friends that work at Microsoft and they have an annual allotment of money they can spend at the company store to buy things like Windows licenses. Mm. And so, and they get, of course, employee discounts. And so anytime you want a new version of Windows, like just go bug one of your Microsoft friends. They've probably got some extra budget in their, in their account that they can, they can use for you. And so you can get that, that employee discount. So, so oh, that's, that's funny. funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, around here, uh, that reminds me of, uh, around here, it's Nike. Like mm-hmm. we have, we have some friends, like so I have a friend whose dad like works at like in the Nike, like accounting department, they have the same deal at the Nike store. Like they've taken us over there before. And like, you know, it's, it's a annual thing. Nice. That's so funny. Yeah. And I learned about a, uh, I forget the name of it, but there's a site where you can basically buy license keys that like, it's legit. Like somebody had a license, they sell it to this this third-party distributor or the third-party website, and then that website will sell it to you. So you can actually get a Windows license, like an OEM Windows license for like 30 bucks, like significantly less. And they have it for, for lots of different apps. I thought it was a cool concept. I still remember buying the box version of MS-DOS 6. That was awesome. We should make a Honey Badger box. I mean, while we're doing like physical, like, you know, we're doing the zine or whatever, yeah, right. which I totally want to do. Like, I, I, I've, been meaning to think, I've been meaning to think about it. Yeah, we talked about it on the on the podcast, and we got some yeah, we great did. responses on Twitter. You've been people meaning like, to, people meaning to talk it. about it. That's like fixing to get ready. To well, I've been it. fixing to like think about like brainstorming ideas for it. <laughs> but yeah, like I could see that going out with like a uh, you know Honey Badger software box with like your uh, your your uh, you know coupon code or whatever serial number in it, and then you can use that to sign up on the website. Oh wait, I did see an April Fool's thing yesterday. I didn't fall for it. It was it was like somebody came up with like a a special limited edition like physical boxed version of uh, Zoom, and it includes all these like promos like like golden sweatpants and just like a <laughs> nice. bunch of silly stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> it reminds me of the little internet in a box days. Actually, Josh, you made me think talking about promotion codes because with that AppSumo work that I did, we now have the ability to support promotion codes uh mm-hmm. so we could oh yeah actually, with where you generate like a bunch of them and then you mm-hmm, can yeah mm-hmm. we could actually print up a bunch of thing you know mailers and send them out to people with a promotion code on it that yeah. says hey sign up for honey badger and get you know whatever discount hmm. yeah there you go think about doing that I've, I've i've long wanted to do a direct mail kind of experiment with honey badger just like get i don't know buy a directory of every software agency in, in the US. I don't know how, if, if that's even available, but, and then just send them a little postcard, like, hey, check out Honey Badger. So now that we yeah. have promotion codes, that'd be even better. Oh, here's, totally an idea for, here's an idea for conference swag, fortune cookies, and you open up the fortune cookie and there's a little promotion code in there for you. Nice. Just a little, a little sweet treat from your friends at Honey Badger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Josh, I wanna, I wanna help you out here. I wanna give you a warm fuzzy. I was looking through our signups because I'm, I'm doing that now, like every day I'm checking out the signups and I'm emailing people, which has been mm-hmm. good. It's been educational, but we, we do track where people come from when they hit the site and we, we store that. And you'll be happy to know that we got a sign up this week whose initial landing page was exceptional creatures. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's really cool. 
Where is, uh, where are we storing that? Like what system is capturing that? So we just have some JavaScript on the main sales site that just saves the refer to a cookie. And then okay. when they do complete the signup process in the app, then that cookie value is oh, saved to the yeah. database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I know that exists. I've actually looked at that recently. I thought, well, you've been like, um, like signing up for these salesy things. I thought maybe you had, you had some sales app or something mm-hmm. that was giving you all sorts of information. No, actually, like we, so I tried PostHog and the free version, the self-hosted version, and it just, it just, it's not good for what we want. It's fine for what it is, but it's just not going to be great for us. So I went back to, yeah, just use the things that we already have in place. And now there's yeah. no more post hog. Oh, well, we'll have some post bacon in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh boy. This is exciting though, because this means that exceptional creatures finally paid for itself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it's probably I, not I think, the first. I mean, no, I think it's ahead, probably not the first. I don't know if our listeners, like all of our listeners probably don't know what we're talking about because oh, Exceptional true. Creatures was like years, years back. It's just been, oh, it's God, been around it now. Like but though. yeah, go to exceptionalcreatures.com and you'll see what we're talking about. It's, uh, I don't know, we could, we could explain what it is or we can, you know, it could be like a fun little surprise for you. It's if, if you're a Rubyist, like you'll probably really uh, dig it. Yeah. It's a Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah, from it's the, one of our uh, Honey Badger passion projects. Yeah, and it's, it's also one of those random kind of marketing efforts, right? You put out a content site that uh-huh. people in that's not directly about Honey Badger, but it's kind of funneling people to Honey Badger. So, yeah, yeah, I've thought about it's. I've, I've thought about like doing more more creatures on it uh, at some point. It'd be kind of fun to keep it going, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they should. Yeah, it would be. It's like that's one of the hardest things about about marketing, especially the type of especially like content marketing and things that aren't directly like leading into a funnel, like hopefully we'll have, you know, some high powered sales process happening. So all we need to do is like, you know, have people download some white papers and get them into a funnel. And then like, yeah, we'll have some, like, I would love nothing more than to have, I don't know, have sort of a marketing um, approach where we have these like very concrete outcomes and we can, you know, be like, okay, this worked. Let's do more of this. But yeah, with these, like, with these, with content marketing and stuff like that, it's like you put something out there and you kind of get little hints over the years that, you know, it's working and that's good. But it's not, it's not like immediate feedback. Like, I really kind of, yeah, I would love some immediate feedback. I have a hunch that all of that play, plays a, a big part in our, uh, our word of mouth and the people like the way that people um, like we always have people telling us like when we ask them why they signed up that you know they've heard like friends of theirs or people they worked with told them like they loved Honey Badger and you know they heard great things about it but you know that could be that they were raving about the product but there's it's you know it's also possible that they were also raving about just Honey Badger in general it's not necessarily just you know just the product but you know maybe they love our blog posts maybe they love our podcast maybe they they saw exceptional creatures and they love that we did that like it's not you know i think it's the whole the whole package that people love so so you're saying we're the total package (laughs) yes okay exactly we're the total package sass yeah that's why they should use us because we're the total package yeah and uh and if you give us your mailing address we'll mail you a uh 
you know, collector edition box set. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Honey badger. Ah. <laughs> oh. I don't know, like some, what would, what would be a good, um, collector's edition for like people who have to deal with errors a lot. Yeah, we can send them some, uh, a care package kind of thing with Tylenol and, uh, some, uh, some facial tissues, you know, for all the crying that they do. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, like a little back massager for having been hunched over the laptop while they're fixing their errors, you know? Maybe some aromatherapy yeah. oil to help relax after they get past. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah like some peppermint oh, or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, we could turn yeah. this. Um, we should get yeah, bit on this. Some like herbal tea, hey. some chamomile. Mm -hmm. And then like maybe a sleep mask so they can uh, get back to sleep after they've that been up nice. at 4 a.m. You know, we should do a giveaway amongst our, uh, our users for like an all inclusive spa package. Hey. You know, get some cucumbers, get, you know, a pedicure, get like some, some aromatherapy, some warm, I don't know, like some, a massage or something. I like it. All right. So yeah, this is how the sausage is made. This is exactly what goes on in, meet, in our meetings. This is where we get all our ideas, to be honest. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to Founder Quest. If you want to go give us a review at Apple Podcasts, that'd be awesome. If you want to write for us, potentially maybe work on these intelligence reports for us, we, you know, we look for authors and we pay well. Um, go to our blog at honeybadger.io, find the blog. That's your first assignment. That's your first test. Um, find the link at the top that says write for us and it'll have instructions. So that's all. I will see you guys later. I hope you have a great weekend and I hope you all find some, I hope you all find a lot of Easter eggs and I hope they're the kind with candy inside and not the kind with like eggs inside. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. One more from the founders? Go to FounderQuestPodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week. <laughs>